0: This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I really feel like I'm with hungry people this morning that 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 love Jesus with all their heart, and I want to help you un, unto that today, and just minister a little bit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, in our Bibles to Luke chapter 11. And really, if we can, I know this scripture is very important to you. Let's back up to Matthew 10 and um, verse 38. And I'm going to talk to you about a higher place today. A higher place. And I, I just um, I felt that as I prayed, I couldn't shake it that I, I was to talk to you uh, about prayer today. And a higher, finding a higher place with God. God's calling us all higher. And there's some wonderful and magnificent things happening in the body of Christ. And so, um, you know, as we look around our world today, uh, there's something up. God is moving in our world today in a magnificent way. I look at Jesus' image, and it's, it's amazing I look at what he's doing with, with our house or uh, upper room, but I, I just uh, we just witnessed a few months ago uh, college students for two hundred and forty hours straight worshiping God. Come on, somebody, that's a sign and a wonder right there. And you guys have been so beautifully pushing into those uh, not in the flesh, but I mean leaning into all that God has. And and God is really purifying this whole realm of worship right now. And, and it's so beautiful um, that it's not a song service. It's not just clapping along, but it is encountering and throning him. And Jesus said... That, that the Father is looking for worshipers he 's not necessarily looking for the, a song but he 's looking for a worship a, a worshiper and that means that that our life is more than a song. I thank God for the song I sing i love it i love I love worship music i love I love our our worship our worship times. We told the Lord when we began uh, our church that um, uh, that we would never stop going after his presence and that, you know, there's always going to be greater preachers, greater organizations, but the thing we, the win for us was he walks in the room. That's what we want. Come on. That's what we want. Um, is there a clock? I don't know if I have a clock. Is there, is there a clock for me to follow? There is. Okay. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might... <laughs> And so, but but he's looking for worship, and and worship begins in here. But how many know it goes out there? And and worship becomes the life you're living. becomes It becomes the life, the surrendered life that you lay before Him. And uh, prayer is also a realm that is God is bringing us higher, and is purifying. And teaching us. And that's why I love some of the things that Michael said. You know, it's not necessarily all words. It's communion with God. And we'll talk about that just a little bit uh, here today. But something's up very important in the church and what God's doing. Uh, One of the the sayings that we have um, in talking about prayer. In fact, just look with me just so I have a little context here. Uh, Luke 11, 1. The reason I wanted to go back to verse 38, verse 38 of 10 is, is the house of Bethany. And I know this is really important scripture to you guys. But I really think this whole context of prayer begins back there. It begins in this context. In fact, let's just go do it. Come on. Verse 38. I hope you're not confused at this moment. Come on. Luke ten thirty eight says this. Now it happened that they, uh, uh, that um, it happened as they went, he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with very much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And I, I just feel like maybe Martha was the older sister. I don't know, you know, but, but tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about, troubled about many things, but there's one thing needed. And I know that's your heart here in this house. It's the one thing. It all comes from the focus of one thing, whether it's prayer. Or whether it's worship, or whether it's missions, or whether it's nations—it's all coming from the focus of one thing upon our lives. And he says, uh, "But it's one thing needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her." And so, so this is amazing this amazing moment where Jesus comes in the house. And, and I just want to say, this is a choice we all make. The scripture says, Mary chose. Come on, how many are you choosing? How you're going to spend your days? And it's a choice we have to make to be worshipers. It's a choice we have to make to walk with God. It's a choice we make. And, and, and Mary, you know Martha is a good person. Martha's, Martha's not bad. Martha is like um, like, Jesus is coming to my house. How many of if Jesus was coming to your house, you're like, I think I need to clean the house. Uh, like, uh, honey, we need to paint the wall. Um, uh, like, oh, there's a spot on the floor. We need new carpet. Jesus, you know, and it's so easy in this world to get drug into this realm of, of um, doing stuff and being busy and I'm saying all this to say this, and you know it, you preach it well here, that, that there's a, a separation coming right now uh, between the Martha-type living and the Mary-type church, the professional church, which isn't, they're not, they're not bad, it's just that it's all about us looking good to Him. But if you're, if you're the Mary, it's about Him, being the focus of everything you do. By the way, he already knows the wall's not painted. He already knows about the carpet. He already knows about it all. But we've gotten in this context of living uh, in, in church where it's, it's about us looking good and trying to fix our life and trying to do it all, and you can't do it without him. Change happens in his presence. Life comes from his voice satisfaction, reward comes from gaining him. And and this is the life that we're looking at. And so, uh, like I said, you have to make the choice to push through the distraction. Every day, you have to make the choice to push through the distraction, through the weights, through the cares, through the temptations, through the problems, for all of these things, trying to, to work it up and to do it, you have to press through all of that and choose to be a Mary and sit there and realize there's one thing that I want in life. There is one thing that is my ultimate reward of rewards. And I'm teaching this to pastors and churches all over the world, that there's a, there's a change coming right now in the body of Christ. And, and there's going to just be professional ministry, and then there's going to be Jesus. And you guys, praise God, keep going with what you're doing and focusing on the face of Jesus. And so in our house, we have this, uh, this saying where we say, prayer and worship to us is the same thing. It's the same coin. How many of you, we used to have coins. Does anybody have a coin in your pocket? I can't remember the last time I did, but, but if you have a coin, well, there's two sides to it, right? there's two inscriptions on that coin. And I, we, we always say it like this, that worship, it's all about the face. You know, on those coins, a lot of times there's an inscription or a face. And worship is a journey to kiss the face of God. It's all about Him. It's all about seeing Him. It's not, it's not about, um, uh, you know, The the performance, it's about Him. And the journey of worship is to kiss the face of God. That's the day you'll love worship, is when you realize He'll come and kiss me too. When you arrive in His presence and the reality of Him becomes more real than anything else in your life, that's what captured Mary. I wonder if she knew she was going to be criticized. But she sat there unmoved because she was captured by him who her heart longed for. And it's a moving out of religion. It's a moving out of everything we can do and everything we can work up and everything we can do to try to look good to everybody else. I want to look good to him. I want to to present myself before him. Can you say amen? And that's our journey. And so, so it's the beauty. And, you know, when my wife is with me, I make her be my illustrated sermon. We've been dating 45 years. So I get to be the father and she gets to come and kiss me on the cheek. And then my favorite part is I get to kiss her back and adore her. And that's what the father wants to do with you. It's very intimate. You know, prayer is the same coin. It's just the other side of the coin, and it's about the face of God. How many of you know when we pray, we're not shouting at the ceiling? Come on. How many of you know we're, 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 not, we're not just praying, help? <laughs> That's a good prayer, actually. It's a good prayer. But how many of you know God wants us to go higher in prayer, too? It's not just a shout for help. Shout, shout help all you need. But it is, it is a journey into the face of God. The word prayer is actually a compound word that Jesus uses most of the time. And I won't bore you with the Greek today um, because I would probably mess it up. But it is, a compound, it is a compound word. It means to make request or to worship or to speak. But the beginning of that word is this little Greek word called pros. It means to be with. It's interesting That little word shifted my whole understanding of prayer. Jesus said, speaking, you know, or, or, or in John chapter one, let me say it this way. In John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the what? Word. And the word was what? With. That's the word. Pros. So, so in the beginning was the Word and the Word was pros with God and the Word was God. And the point is this, is that for eternity, Jesus was with the Father face to face. So when Jesus prayed on earth, his context was to be with the Father. He's gonna teach you and I how to pray with the Father face to face. The journey of worship is to the face of God. The journey of worship is to kiss the face of God and never stop kissing and have his embrace and have his love and have his affection. That is what life is about. And journey of talking to him and communing with him is the journey also To the reality. I'm not saying you have to see it with your eyes, but I'm saying you know, you know, you're with the face of God. It's the same coin. How many of you pray and worship and you just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful way to talk to the Lord. And so here we see the scripture. In fact, let me let me give you a couple of things here, real quickly. Uh, I wrote these and I don't often write things, but let me just say it to you this. Let me give it to you. It says the word, the word is your bread. You must eat it daily. Come on. The word is your bread. If you want to be strong, overcome, prevail in life, power to your prayer. You must feed on the word of God. The word is bread. We must eat daily. Worship is your Water. We must thirst passionately. How many of you carry around your big jug of water with you? Right? Yeah. Think of the same thing. Yeah. I'm trying to drink three liters a day. Glory to God. And uh, but 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 you got to be intentional. You got to be intentional to drink that much water, right? And so you have to be intentional to turn your focus to him daily. And so it's like drinking. So you're eating. That's your bread. That's the word of God. You're drinking. That's like worship. His presence is, is, is the water of my life. It is the, the living water of my soul. But prayer is your breath. Prayer is breathing. Never stop breathing. Amen. Never stop. So you're either praying, drinking, or eating, but you learn to do it in your journey of life. Where you pray, revelation will follow. Where you pray and obey in faith, miracles will follow. Where you pray, obey with sacrifice, love will follow. Where you pray, obey, love, and sacrifice, joyous, victorious reward will follow. Where you pray, obey, love, sacrifice with joyous, victorious reward, Jesus will be glorified and his glory will follow. Repeat for a lifetime. Just keep repeating it. I believe. To to walk with God in a realm of prayer is one of the greatest honors that has ever been afforded humanity. Many are seeking a platform when God has given them an audience. He wants to speak to you like a friend. He wants to speak to you the secrets of his heart. He wants to commune with you. He wants to tell you what he's thinking and what he's doing. And one of the things we have to do in this whole realm of prayer, I'm calling this a higher place, is really not what I'm going to talk about today, but I'll just mention it that one of the things we have to learn to do is go higher in prayer. Just like you have to go higher in worship. How I many you know every song in the worship realm? The Holy Spirit is the worship leader and he takes you like up these steps. He takes you higher. He takes you higher. And he takes you higher where? Beyond the veil into his presence. Prayer is the same thing. We have to learn to come out of just thinking in the natural. So let me help you with something. Because many people, and this isn't criticism, it's just what we've learned. Many times what we pray is the problem. Or we pray because we have to check it off the list. Or we pray because it's duty. And that's when you'll learn not to like prayer. You and I are not praying because it's duty. We're praying because we're a bride that's in love with a lover. Come on. And we're being called. And, and you know, and I, I used to go in my prayer closet and, and I would be so focused on my weakness. I would be so focused on where I need to improve myself. And I would be so focused. And this is when I was a young man and learning, and I wasn't raised in the church. And I, I, knew, I, I knew I needed more, and I would focus on myself, and I'd be frustrated. And I became very frustrated in my prayer life. And actually, when I began uh, ministry years ago, I really wasn't just drawn to, to prayer. I, I had encountered the Lord in worship. I'd gotten saved and, uh, and uh, my, my wife and I were a young married couple. And um, I, lost, I, I had a really good career in the beginning, but uh, it, it, there was a downturn in the economy and I lost my job and I couldn't pay my bills and I'm sitting for one month on my couch, and I've got my Bible in my lap, and I'm feeling like, and I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm failing. And I would go into prayer, and I would just examine myself and look at my weakness. That's not how you go higher in prayer. The focus of prayer is not Martha on all the problems and the worry and everything that's wrong, it's because that's self-conscious prayer. The, the journey of prayer is, is Mary to where he's perfect. He can do anything. And he's faithful to us who love him. And he's what I will spend my days and my life for is to know him. And so I was sitting there on my couch and, and I'm sitting there one day and I'm doing that. And, and listen, when you go in your prayer closet, don't go into self-analyzation, self-criticism, putting down yourself. Tell the devil to shut up. Plead the blood of Jesus. And begin to look at him and let him come and lead you out of whatever is frustrating you. He is a faithful Savior. Amen. That'll help somebody today. Right? Right? And, and it, you know, when they... Let me just back up. When they brought the sacrifice to the priest in the Old Testament, the lamb, to be slain for a sin offering... How many of you know what the priest did? The priest examined the lamb to see if it was perfect. They didn't examine the person who brought the lamb. They examined the lamb. So when you go in your prayer closet, examine the lamb. Plead the lamb. Claim the life in the lamb. Amen. That's the power of your salvation is in the lamb. it was never about you being able to look at yourself. It was never about you having it together enough. We do more and more, you know, we do. We actually keep being transformed and changed and, and walking in that righteousness. But, but it's never the father's not looking at you. He's looking at, at Jesus, your Savior, and receiving the blood on our behalf. That's why we can enter in by a new and living way. So when you go in, it's not about agreeing with how weak you are or agreeing with with how imperfect you are. It is, I've got to behold the Lamb so I can see what he's done for me. Amen. So I'm sitting there on the couch these years ago. My goodness, 40 years ago. I'm quickly approaching 50 years with the Lord and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I didn't, you know, I'm doing my best and I did song services up to this point and I sang the songs and I got radically saved. I, I mean, I got radically saved, radically born again. I love Jesus. I was faithful in church, but I wasn't a worshiper. And I didn't have a prayer life. I prayed in desperation. I prayed the problems over and over again. I was like, help. And I'm sitting there on my couch that day. And the next thing I know, it's, I, I couldn't see it with my physical eyes, but Jesus stepped in the doorway. And I knew it was him. I couldn't see it. But I just threw my Bible aside. I fell on my knees. And I felt his love. That was so perfect. It's as if he looked at me and he didn't see what I was seeing. It's as if he looked at me and he pushed everything aside and came for me. And I said, Lord... Lord, I'm failing, and He's. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get dramatic this morning. He said, "I said I'm failing," and he's, and, he, and He didn't even want to hear that. He pushed it aside, and He captured my heart. That second, I became a worshiper. That second, I fell in love with Him. Now, I was saved, but that second, I fell in love. I wanted him who could love me. I'd never felt love like that. I'd never felt esteem and protection and value like him. When you encounter him, prayer will never be something you just check off. It will be the greatest privilege in your life that you're walking with the king of glory heart to heart in a very special, special way. And that's where journey, and all I could do after that, literally for years, this is, now, back in that day, guys, we, we were singing uh, Kumbaya, Lord. Uh, our, our worship sound wasn't quite up at Jesus' image level at that time. It was, it was back there a while. And, but, but all I could do from that day is, is I didn't want to be disconnected from him. All I could do from that day is say, I love you, Jesus. I didn't have, I didn't have enough words. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I'm so in love with you, and 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 just this insatiable love. And he is—he's never—he will never let that die. Because those of you who, let me tell you, those of you who've surrendered to him in that way, he is very jealous over the affection of your heart. You won't just get to go anywhere or do anything because he is in love with you. Come on, lift your hands and receive that around the room here today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let me just help you for a few moments. Is this touching your heart? We have to go higher. It's it's, It's not our complaining session. It is not about just praying the problem. There's times we do that but it's about encountering him. You know, I found out if I go in my prayer closet and I'm talking to him and he's not talking back, I need to back up and say, Lord, obviously you don't want to talk about this. What do you want to talk about? Here's the goal in your prayer closet. You want to know one of the goals? It doesn't matter what you talk about. Twit trying to tell God what to talk about. He knows everything. He knows the right thing to talk about. Let him tell you what he wants to talk about. But the main thing in prayer is that he talks to you. Just let him talk to you. In his words, there is life. And every time he speaks, he communicates life to us. So we have to go higher. It's not praying the natural. It's not praying the problem. You may not be assigned to those problems. And then the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, if, when you pray in the spirit, thank God for that. How many of you pray in the spirit? When you pray in the spirit, you pray mysteries. So now you're going higher. Now you're going into what you don't know. Now you're praying a perfect solution. You're going higher into the things of God. And it's being established. And you know, in the beginning, you may not understand, but if you keep praying, you'll start, you'll start having some understanding. But one thing I've noticed when you go higher in prayer, one thing I've noticed is that it's as if the hand of God comes on your life and you step into the slipstream slip of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk out of your prayer closet, you're still in communion with Lord, but things have lined up in your life. Suddenly doors begin to open. How did that happen? Suddenly things happen. You know, when you pray, you're laying train tracks into your future. Your life is going to go down those train tracks into the future of what, you, uh, what you've been praying, what you don't know that you've been doing. And you go higher. But the main thing is you're captured in the reality of him. Uh, Old timers used to call it stepping over. You step over. How many have been worshiping and all of a sudden you step over into a reality of his presence that, that, that this natural world seems to not have the influence it had? The same thing happens in prayer is that you can step over into reality of communion with him. That is so beautiful. So look in, look, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse one. I've taught this scripture for years and years and years. And it says, now it came to pass as he, that's Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So here's Jesus praying. Now I want you to, I want you to think, I think, you know, it says in a certain place those words leap off the page at me. I'm not talking to you about a geographical place, although I think we all need a geographical place. How many of you know we all need a secret place? A higher place is a secret place. Establish the secret place in your life. Establish the place where you go face to face in communion with the Lord establish the place where you worship him and be diligent and be faithful to the secret place because it's in the secret place that the transaction of life takes place. It's in the secret place that there's an exchange with your heart and his heart. It's in the secret place where you become intimate. Uh, Matthew chapter six, six, One of my greatest, one of my m- most favorite scriptures that says, Jesus said, when you pray, Go in to your room or your closet and shut the door behind you. In other words, it's an intimate place. To find some place, a chair. Uh, find some place that you can have a regular place of encountering the Lord. And you can be with him. And it says, but this is what I love about that scripture. It says, and when you shut the door, your father is in that place. Now, you've got to get that. When you go in, he's waiting. He's in there. God is in there. Take it by faith. He's waiting upon us in that place. The secret place, he is there. And actually, the scripture tells us that he will, he will be waiting for us He's looking for communion with you, every person. Every person. Isn't that beautiful? Not just a few spiritual people. Every person. He's, he's looking for an encounter in the secret place with you. And then it says that he will see you in the secret place. He will, he will take note of you in the secret place. An intimate recognition of you, but then he says he will reward you in the open place. What happens in secret will be translated into public reward from your father. Your father is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and as you seek him, it translates into a life of reward, A life of communion with him becomes a life of adventure, a life of reward, a life of blessing. I don't know how it works, and it's not up to you to do it. You don't make the blessing happen. You just encounter him in the secret place. He sees you. He wants you. He's waiting there, and then it translates to his blessing in the public place. Favor comes on your life, and suddenly people at work want to hear what you have to say, divine alignment comes in your life. Doors open to your life. It happens by communing with him. So then um, as I close, because uh, I'm gonna close in just a moment, I wanna pray with you. I want you to see these three things. See, Jesus keeps teaching on prayer here. He gives you what we call the Lord's Prayer. But I want you to see that he talks about prayer. He continues through the rest of the chapter In verse five, it says, and he said to them, which of you, which has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, I have three loaves. Everybody say friend. And then he said, for a friend of mine has come to me a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And, And he will answer from within and says, don't trouble me. You know, it'll feel like many times when you pray, things don't instantly happen some of the time. And Jesus is teaching us that we've got to always pray and not faint. That men should always pray. So, what are you going to do about the situation? Pray. You're going to meet with him in the secret place and let him talk to you. And you're going to cast your burdens over on him and you're going to encounter him. And then, verse 8, he says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's friend, because of his persistence, because of his persistence. He will give as much as he needs. So, verse 9, 10, and 11. So I say to you ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you for everyone. Everyone. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread, everybody say, son. If a son asks, you know, I love my, my sons, and they know if they ask for anything, if, if I can, as long as it's safe, I'll give it to them. The only time I don't give them something is to protect them. But, you know, my youngest son living with me, I think he asked one time 15, 20 years ago, and now he's just suddenly discovered everything I have is his. I'll buy something new, and he'll be wearing it before I'll do it. And I'll go, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, what? He's discovered my closet. He's discovered my shoes. He's discovered he's discovered it, and it's, he's my son. And, you know, that doesn't make me mad. It makes me happy. It makes me happy as a dad. And that's the heart that he's talking about here. And so just, just as I wrap this up, let me tell you about these three, three things to help you in your work, the first most important part is seeking the Lord. And that's because you're a bride and you're seeking your lover. It is seeking him. It's not intense. Listen, don't let your whole prayer life be warfare. Let it be a love affair. When I go to a foreign nation, I don't go there to discern darkness. I don't go up on the high places and say, oh man, I want to see the demons and all that kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? That doesn't excite me. When I go to a nation, I want to discern the face of Jesus. Discern the face of Jesus and you'll walk in victory. Serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy will be where? Under your feet. Amen. Discern him in all things. It is about a friend. He said, a friend. Jesus said, a friend goes. He wants to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What does a friend do? A friend wants to give each other desires. A friend wants to please one another. A friend wants to spend time with each other. You know, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, be a friend. Abraham was called a friend. Do you know when he was called a friend? When he gave God what he asked for. When you're seeking the Lord... When you're seeking the Lord, he may ask you for something because you're a friend. You're a friend. You're a lover. And it's in seeking the Lord you get his heart. And that's the most important thing you can have in this life is to carry the heart of God. Prayer is communion to find the heart of God. Listen, when I'm with my wife, we're like kids. When I travel, we talk on the phone. All that. It's kind of over the top. We talk on the phone all the time. How are you? It's only been 45 minutes. I'm doing good. What are you up to? It's like, that's the way it is with the Lord. Because you're in love. I don't want to disconnect. I want a conversation. So friends have a conversation. How many of you text message a lot? Right? You have text. It's okay to say you do. You have your text message a lot. It's like you know you're always having thoughts with the Lord, back and forth, back and forth. You may be driving your car, you may be in a meeting, and all of a sudden He decides to talk to you. And you're like, "What now? I'm in a meeting," but you're a friend, and you're you have that communication back and forth with the Lord, and you'll sit in those meetings, and all of a sudden He will drop His heart into you. I was sitting in a prayer meeting. And he dropped his heart for the Chinese people. And he whispered to me, Hong Kong, just two words. I wasn't asking. I wasn't seeking. I was just, I mean, I wasn't seeking uh, China. I was just seeking him. And the next thing I know, he changed my life for over 10 years. What I could never do in a lifetime I land in the city of Hong Kong and in 30 minutes, the leaders of the city are being gathered and begin to disciple the emerging church taking place in that nation. I have no name. I have no platform. They don't know me. Heaven, you got to have heaven knows your name. Walk with heaven and everything will be possible. And then secondly, he said, ask. You know what privilege it is? I told you about my son. The privilege of a son is to ask. Now, Jesus was the perfect son, right? What did he ask for? What did Jesus ask for? He asked for the heart of his father. He asked the steward the heart of his father. It's not about, he said, you can ask. John 14, he said, you can ask me anything. And let me tell you, when you can ask for anything and get it, it's when you have communed with him, and you have the heart of Jesus. When you have the heart of Jesus, and you ask like Jesus would ask, if he is standing here in the flesh, you can ask for anything that Jesus would ask for, because when you go in your prayer closet, you're not just a bride, you are a son of God. You are a son of God that has the privilege to approach a father who is eager eager to show himself strong and what he'll do is he'll begin to drop in your heart. I want you to ask me for the orphans. I want you to ask me for the lost. I want you to ask me for a nation. He, he, he made us a joint heir with him. And he said, ask of me for the nations and the uttermost parts of the earth. But you can only do that in reality, in a place of communion where he takes his heart. And he says, this is what I'm asking for. And he plugs it in your heart and he says, now I want you to ask with me because you're a son and a daughter of God. The last one is this, I close. Come on team, I close with this. Is this helping you today? The last thing is this, is knocking, knocking. It's a royal privilege. You walk with the king. When you're praying, you're praying to a king. The Bible says he is a priest who sits on a throne. When you go in your prayer closet, we don't go in kingly. See, a lot of people are afraid to pray this way because they think we're bossing God around. No, we're not. Don't do that. Jesus was a priest. You go in as a worshiper. You go in low. You go in to wait upon him. But when he speaks, he speaks as a king. He speaks with authority. His dreams are bigger than our dreams. His prayers are bigger than our prayers. And suddenly, suddenly, as you're waiting on him lowly and as a priestly person, suddenly you know what the king wants. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at jesusimage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.